Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you uh, for another one, although I'm pretty sure this one almost never got off the ground with some of the technical issues that we were having moments ago. But we are here, and uh, we're going to talk about some Winter Sun. And uh, I have a feeling that we will finish this up long before their new album comes out. But I I digress. How are you, my friend? Uh, Doing good. I'm glad that uh, we both were able to tech support our way out of... uh some some nonsense here uh but uh yeah all all is well here uh looking forward to talking to uh talking about this uh winter sun album uh definitely i i have some really strong thoughts and uh, i'll tell you a little bit about um how i came to know the band and everything else but before we before we get there some i don't want to say big releases but whenever metallica releases a new album i feel like there's three camps or three kind of schools of thought you have the tried and true Metallica fans that no matter what this band puts out, they're going to think it's the album of the year. You've got a group of those people. You have another camp of people that are salivating, hoping that this is the second coming of master of puppets. I think there's a lot of those folks. And then there's like a third camp, which no matter what this band puts out, they will not like it because it's Metallica. So like, it's kind of interesting, and I, I had the chance to listen to the album today. I know that you haven't had a chance to listen to it. I will be very curious to hear your thoughts. I, I, I've seen reviews all over the place on this one. There were a handful of tracks that I really, really enjoyed, and I thought it was amongst some of the best material that they've put out in 30-plus years. And then most of the album was kind of a snoozer for me. Not that it was bad, but it just didn't grab me like the old stuff does. Um, so I guess I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, but I am curious to hear your thoughts when you have a chance to listen to this one. Yep, it is on the uh, on the list of things that need to be <laughs> listened <laughs> to uh, of many. I, I was I was I, I started off strong, and then uh, I just got completely. Um, behind on on things so uh i it is definitely though on the the list along with uh you know a number of other things well i I might as well talk about two other new releases this week then and i know that you had an interest in hearing both of these as well uh the new overkill album scorched came out and this is something that 
I would have definitely ignored had we not covered them in the archives uh, by request, actually, because this was a band that I just never paid any attention to. And, and probably in part due to the fact that they just have an absolutely massive discography. But their new album, Scorched, came out yesterday. And I got to be honest with you, unlike the Metallica, I actually really enjoyed this. I listened to it once earlier today, and it's pretty formulaic in the sense that you kind of know what you're going to get from this band. They're not doing many ballads. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But for, for, you know, modern thrash, I thought they did a really good job with this. So I'm, I'm curious to see if you like that one as well. And the other album that I listened to, which I, I have to admit, I liked better than the, 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 uh, the debut album, which came out uh, about three years ago, the new Arch Angel album that uh, has uh, Zach Stevens on vocals and Aldo from Secret Sphere on guitar. Very, very good album. Um, one or two tracks in particular really stood out to me, but just an enjoyable listen. And if you're a fan of, of Sabotage, this is about as close as you're going to get with without John Oliva playing on it. Yeah, uh, all all albums that you mentioned are in my uh, in my queue, ready to be listened to at some point, uh, along with um, the new Magnus Carlson's Freefall album, Hunt the Flame, which I've heard a couple of the singles from i i and i've heard a couple of singles from the archon angel album i've heard nothing from the new overkill um but uh definitely plan on listening to that and and i echo your sentiments it probably was um not something i really would have uh cared about but like you said like i i enjoyed that horoscope album that we talked about a lot more than i thought i would so I'm going to give this one a shot and, and uh, you know, we'll see how, uh, how it does. Um, I'll say the, the, the new song that blew me away this week was ghosts cover of Jesus. He knows me by Genesis uh, or Phil Collins. Um, I, some, I think it's actually a Phil Collins song, but um, what an awesome cover of a really great song. I, I enjoyed that a lot. They have a, um, an EP coming out, which I think is just uh, all covers and it's called uh, phantom mime. Um, I believe it'll be out soon, but, uh, they released a video and a single for this and it's a really good song, a good tune and one of my favorite Phil Collins songs. So, uh, this was, this was cool to hear. It it is a Genesis tune just to, just to be clear, but, but that being said, what really struck me was the video. I mean, this was a, uh, this was something to behold. If you haven't seen this, it was pretty, uh, pretty racy in a number of ways, but that, that EP that you mentioned by, by ghost they also cover Phantom of the Opera, which I have to hear. I just feel like Ghost doing that would be a really interesting, um, I don't know, take on a on a heavy metal classic. I'm, I'm curious to hear that. And then some of the other songs on there are actually more poppy songs, including a Tina Turner cover. So I can only imagine what that's going to sound like. Yeah, they 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 do a good job with their covers. I think uh, this is. Uh... A very like a very talented band and and um you know they speaking you know circling back to Metallica they did a a really cool cover of Enter Sandman um on that massive uh, Metallica covers album that like tons of artists uh, did covers for so um yeah uh, definitely something I am looking forward to um and then I also saw. Uh, I, you know, I haven't had a chance to listen to this, but I think you did. So maybe I'll let you take point on this. But um, Ray Alder has a second solo album coming out uh, simply titled Two, Roman numeral two. And um, there's a new song called This Hollow Shell, 
Uh, I have not had a chance to listen to it yet, but um, I think you did. Uh, if so, what did you think? You you know it's funny you were kind enough to send it to me but I haven't I haven't listened to it yet I, I just oh, it's okay. like in the queue I, I'll tell you though you you talk about your non Winter Sun song of the week mine is Brass Bonanza by the Hartford Whalers I'm not even <laughs> kidding you like I spent more time listening to a song from 1975 than I think I did anything else and for those that have no idea what I'm talking about um, I recently discovered it by recently I mean this week. I discovered that one of my favorite like video game songs ever, which was in a hockey game from 35 years ago or 30 years ago, was actually a real song. And it was the goal song that uh, the Hartford Whalers, when they were a hockey team, would play every time they scored a goal. It is such a catchy piece of music that I think I went on YouTube and I listened to it like no less than 10 times this week. I, it was, it's my song of the week. You should open the show with it. It's that good. But um, <laughs> I, 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 if you've never heard Brass Bonanza, just type that in YouTube. And if you're not, if you're not hooked, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, I, this came on my radar a few years back that, um, that there was a real song. I just thought it was just one of those organ ditties that they yeah. placed in the video game. And uh I came to find that that, as well as uh, Here Come the Hawks, uh, which was the song that played when the Blackhawks scored a goal in the old uh, NHL 94 game, uh, is also a a real song. Uh, so look that one up as well. Uh, just, uh, yeah, really really going off the, uh, off the old trail this week. But um, I recommend uh, both of those songs very highly. Well, it's playoff hockey time, so uh, we have something to look forward to there. But Without going in, in, even further off in a tangent, let's talk about some Winter Sun. This album, Time One, was was kind of my pick of the week because there's so much history here and there's so much um, – I don't want to say negative press, but like there's a follow-up called Time Two, which just never came out. And this album was supposed to come out years and years ago. And there are entire threads on Reddit dedicated to this non-existent album. It is the most fascinating thing in the world. And Winter Sun is a band that, ironically, I've seen live. Uh, I'll get to that a little bit later. But I've also never quite appreciated why these this band had such a cult following that they were able to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars on a, kick, on a Kickstarter for an album that, again, never, ever came out. Um, it was the whole thing was fascinating to me, and for those that don't know, uh, the it was this even the first one was supposed to come out in November of two thousand and six, but it didn't get released until October nineteenth, two thousand and twelve. So this album literally took about six years to come out, uh, and, and and the new one has taken over a decade at this point. Um, were you a fan of this band, or how, how familiar were you with Winter Sun prior to this week? Yeah, you know, I knew like a, a song or two here and there. I had Time One, but probably hadn't listened to it. And I mean, probably since it came out, it was probably just out of sheer morbid curiosity after all of the the lengthy delays. Um, but um, 
I knew them well enough to know what I was getting myself into this week, if that uh, answers your question. It does. And, and what's funny is that this, again, is the second of three albums that they that the band actually had put out. Uh, their debut album, their self-titled release, came out in September of 2004. And I think much to a lot of people's chagrin, they came out with another album in 2017 called The Forest Seasons. And I say chagrin because... I think they were expecting Time Part 2 and they came out with this other album, um, which quite frankly never hit the spot for me. Like I was kind of hoping that it was going to hit the mark when it came out. And I remember when it came out, but for whatever reason, it missed the mark. Um, Spoiler, I like this album a lot better. And I just thought it was just well written and well done on a number of different levels. But I, I actually enjoyed it so much that I went back and I listened to the debut album, Winter Sun. And I just don't think it's quite as good. I think this is probably the best of the three albums for my money. Although, ironically, it's got five tracks and two of them are kind of like, you know, introductory tracks, if you will. There's really only three proper songs on here and and each one is approximately 10 minutes or more in length. So uh, there's three meaty tracks and two intros and that's your album, which is just kind of weird for an album that's widely held in, in high regard yeah um when forest seasons came out uh jesus six years ago um i really really enjoyed that first track awaken from the dark slumber which was the the spring song there were four pretty lengthy songs 12 to 14 minutes 12 to 15 minutes each for each season um and i, I don't know if spring was the single and it came out earlier um according to my itunes i got the whole album all at one time. So maybe not, but um, I listened to that first track. I probably put it on a playlist and listened to it a whole bunch of times and thought it was really good. I don't know that I ever listened to the rest of the album though. Um, So, uh, and as far as time one goes, um, I probably listened to it once or twice. I think I've listened to land of snow and sorrow a, a couple extra times because I think you've actually put it on a, playlist multiple times and which really speaks to i think your uh your liking of the song even before this week but um this was probably the first time i ever really sat down and listened to an entire winter sun album and it's almost like you said it's almost like a stretch to call it a a full-length album because like you said like there's really three songs that are really like meaty songs and they really make up about 30 31 minutes of the of the album in total which is only about 40 minutes to begin with so yeah i, 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 wonder, I wonder if time two is we're going to wait all this time it's going to come out and it's going to be about 13 minutes long it's entirely possible no, nothing would shock me at this point um getting into kind of like the personnel if you will jari Mainpa, and i'm sure i bought, butchered that is kind of the the mastermind here he writes all the music he does the vocals he does the guitar work. He does a lot of the keyboard programming and whatnot. Uh, and his other guitar mate, Timu, um, he is, keeps the he keeps the sauna running at all yeah, times as well. From my, my understanding, apparently, apparently. Um, so it's kind of like a twin guitar guy. You know, these two guys that kind of drive the band. And ironically, the other two members of the band, Juka Koskinen and Kai Hato. Um, the bass player and drummer, respectively, they are now in Nightwish and low and kind of laying down the low end for Nightwish. So maybe that's part of the reason there's been a delay because both of those folks have been in Nightwish. Um, 
from about, uh, oh, well, I say Kai's been there since about 2019. Uh, Juke has been in there since about last year, uh, taking place uh, of Marco. But it's, it's interesting because, you know, even when they were a fully functioning band, they weren't putting things out. And now they've lost half the members to, to a band that, you know, they're not touring for the next album, but they do world tours. They release albums semi regularly. So, uh, you have to wonder if that's, you know, kind of the end of Winter Sun. Uh, maybe in that formation, uh, it's possible being that half the band is in Nightwish now. Um, I actually had the uh, pleasure of meeting Kai, um, when, uh, shortly after he had joined Nightwish and he was a super nice guy. So, um, that's about all, that's about all I know about him. Other Like just that he was really, really nice. And, and I thought it was kind of funny that when, um, it was time for Marco to uh, ride off into the sunset that they went right back to winter sun for their, uh, th- their next replacement member. So, um, yeah. but I, I, who knows? I mean, being that winter sun releases an album every 19 years, they probably can find the time to squeeze in the album uh, in between Nightwish tours. Um, so, you know, I guess we'll see. So, I'm not sure if you were aware of this, but th- this whole band kind of came about when Jari, I guess, was looking to do something a little bit different from his main band, which he wound up leaving for Winter Sun. Are you are you familiar with Jari's uh, other band, Ensiferum, or is that like a brand new name for you? No, I've seen them live, as a matter of fact. Really? I happen- yeah, I-, I happen to like them quite a bit. Um, they opened for uh, Fintroll. Um, this was... This was maybe like 2010, 2011. It was a while ago, but the tour actually came through uh, Rochester, which was a rarity. Um, so uh, we went. Uh, Baron Earth, I believe, played as well. Nice. Um, That's a cool tour. Yeah, it was. It was a fun time. I actually ended up the the show was so long. I think with local openers, there were six bands that played. By the time Fin Troll got on stage, it was like. 1230 or 1245 and i was absolutely exhausted but uh and cypher had played um i think i believe baron earth played before um fin troll so i was still fresh for their their set i don't know if he would have still been in the band at the time probably not but um i thought they were great i i uh i grab their albums whenever they come out with a new album i, I enjoy their style it's very catchy to me so yes very I folky am, yeah i am very uh i am very familiar uh with them nice I, i've never seen them live but i could imagine it being a good show but uh you know, he he left he left them to to, to start winter sun so he obviously believed in the project and i know although it wasn't my favorite album the debut did receive a lot of critical praise, but then, you know, this album that was supposed to come out two years after the debut comes out, like I said, in 2012, uh, you know, what, what else is there left to say? It's funny. I, I caught them live on 70,000 tons of metal back in 2020, right before the world shut down. And I remember they played two sets. They, the first set they played, they played the entire first album the second set they played, they played everything. Well, I shouldn't say everything, but it was all the stuff that they wanted to play from this album and the Forest uh, Seasons album. So I got to hear two of these three, you know, tracks essentially live, and they did a really nice job. But I, I, I never understood why people just went absolutely bonkers for them. Um, 
I, I give credit to the band. They they are trying to do something very, very different. But at the same time, I don't know if it's almost too ambitious because it's like every time you listen to them, you hear new things because it's just so – it's like controlled chaos in many ways. Yeah, I mean, I listened to this album. I managed to listen to it five times, and I, I'll just say I, I really enjoyed it, but at the same time, like, I don't know that I have – a whole hell of a lot to say about it because I know we use, we beat this word to death, but this is a dense album for, and for something that's crazy short, like those three beefy songs, um, there's a lot going on. Um, so we'll do our best. I'll just say that. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's give it a girl go. Shall we? Um, it starts with this four minute instrumental track called when time fades away. And although I don't call it a song proper, I mean, it, it is its own song, but it, to me, it sounds just like an intro to the next track, which we'll get to. Um, this is really well done, though. And I mean, really well done. And every time I listen to it, like I said, I hear something new. I hear harps. I hear top-notch orchestration. I mean, like the number of orchestration tracks are just like bananas. And apparently, each song was said to contain about 200 separate tracks so mixing and mastering this thing had to be a real like pain in the ass because i don't know how you it's almost too many for 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 anything to stand out it should sound like just like a puddle of mud but it it actually sounds pretty good and and not only that they would ultimately re-release this entire album called time 1.5 and basically just remaster the whole thing which i thought was interesting and i actually listened to both versions and, and they are discernibly different, but when it comes to this, you know, this intro track, um, it has a bit of like a far Eastern vibe to it. And I almost kind of think of like, not orphan land, but almost like something from like, uh, like, a, like, um, like, like, I don't know, like the Ming dynasty or something like that. It's, it's really weird. And this is a kind of a deep cut. And I, I know it's a game that you haven't played but in Dragon in Dragon Quest Eleven, the the they they wind up in a town that's supposed to mirror that of like something in the Far East, and there's a song that they play whenever they're in that town that reminds me of this intro track, which is really really cool um, because I thought that that was one of the best games I've ever played. So it kind of got me amped up for for that first you know big track. Do you have any thoughts about this other than like what I mentioned? Does anything jump out to you? Uh, definitely got the. Uh, the Far East vibe for sure. Um, I even felt as if the cover art, uh, where it says time one on the album even has kind of a Far East kind of vibe to it. So there might be something to that. Um, I definitely got, uh, you know, funny, we should, we mentioned it since, you know, half the band ended up in Nightwish, but it does have a bit of a Nightwish kind of uh flair to it because i think of the heavy orchestration um so and i would i'd be hard pressed to to think that yari wasn't didn't count nightwish as a as an influence um so yeah like i I was actually a little bit surprised that there was something so uh, classical symphonic orchestral um it's surprising that it's like a, a four, it's like this four minute intro, but I agree with you. It's, it's, it's really well done. It's really interesting. And um, I think it's a really great way to kind of 
kick things off. Um, in a lot of ways, that there was a couple of times where I listened to the album with uh, headphones on, and I would I would just play uh, a video game, um, you know, kind of mindlessly playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and like it was almost like the I felt like the album really flowed all the way through, almost like it was one full song. Even though the songs do break in between, uh, it felt very cohesive from start to finish. And I think this is, um, I think this really like leads right into the, the first full length song, uh, sun sons of winter and stars really well. So, yes. yeah, I agree. It, it, the intro is really kind of seamless. And this one starts almost like ironically, like a final fantasy game with like that guitar and sitar sound, which is just really, really cool. Um, what I can say is that for a track that's 13 and a half minutes, I mean, it is the longest track on the album. It doesn't feel that way at all. And the way I would describe this to someone that's never heard them, not that they would hear any of the bands I'm about to mention, but to me, it's almost like Wilderun meets Orden Ogin. That's how I would describe this band, where you have like the orchestration and the layering of a Wilderun with the kind of the catchiness and the, and the, and the heaviness of an Orden Ogin. Um, just a ton to digest here and i think that like it's generally speaking it's faster more upbeat and and just an energetic song overall with really cool backing vocals throughout that kind of lend a nice touch when it's used not not that liberally but when it's used i think it adds a very nice touch and it just has an epic feel to it um it's it's chaotic but it's not really like confusing because i feel like it's accessible it's just happens to be all over the place and it actually made me think about the band like i know they would probably consider themselves power metal but like you in my opinion you could argue they're prog you could argue it's symphonic metal you could argue it's melodic death metal i mean they kind of check off a lot of boxes with this stuff yeah i to me they're it's funny because like the two bands that I came up with are totally different than the two bands you came up with to describe them. Interesting. To me, to me, it's a lot like Nightwish meets Children of Bodom. Um, it, it's got that to me. It's like a it's a symphonic melodic death metal experience for the most part. Like I, I think that there are definitely tons of other influences and 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 touches of, of lots of different genres, but I feel like overall. It it has this it has like the um the real like crunchy guitars that you get from a the, from that kind of children of Bodom sound. The vocals are pretty similar in my opinion, but almost lean towards a black metal kind of vocal in certain points. Yes. Definitely, it's, there's certain areas where I absolutely hear Ordenogan as well. So I am a hundred percent with you. But I think overall, the band reminds me. Um, more of children of Bodom, but with just more um, symphonic elements. And that's why I kind of mentioned Nightwish. Um, Nightwish more in, in like a general term and, and children of Bodom in more of a, a little bit more specific term. But um, I, I, I ended up really liking this, this, um, I mean, really, this is a tale of, of three songs at the end of the day. And um, this is like the real first big one, but um I like it a lot. Like it's very um, there's a, there's a lot of keyboards, which again that also kind of harkens back to Children of Bodom, I think as well. Um, but uh, just uh, it's it's 
it, it's it's shocking to me that he felt like he needed to like like remaster this album because it I thought it sounded really great the first time. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really have much else to say. I think it's just that it's it's like you said. It's like a, a sensory overload of like so many different things, but at the same time, it's very um, it's very reasonable. I guess would be uh, the word. Like it, it doesn't feel like you're getting. Uh, like you're getting trampled by, by all this stuff. But um, it's also just so technically sound that I, I have a hard time really putting it into words the way I would have, you know, talked about Ed guy like I did last week. Well, I, I think that's fair. Um, I'll, I'll do my best. I think that if I had to knock it, if I had to knock this track, the inst- there's this like kind of lengthy, somewhat understated and drawn out instrumental section towards the middle, which is a little bit of a miss for me. But the way this song ends with this huge, big, like melodic, loud, just upbeat ending is just so cool that it makes up for any downtime that there is in the middle. It just ends really, really well. And all in all, um, a very good track. And, And it leads into another track, which you mentioned earlier, because I must have an affinity for this song because I don't remember putting this on a playlist at all. And you said I did it more than once. But Twice, yeah, I, I actually, one of the cool things about iTunes is that you can right click any song on your iTunes and uh, you can say like find it or show in playlist and it will show you all the playlists on in your iTunes library that that song is included in. Nice. And so I did that and sure enough, uh, in January of 2013 and February of 2017, uh, you have you put this song on a playlist, and yeah. you ra- and you rarely uh, do that. So well, I think that says something. I gotta be honest with you, Land of Snow and Sorrow. When as soon as I put it on this week, I was immediately brought back to why I love this track. I just think that it is so so catchy that after the first listen, it was immediately stuck in my head, and I found myself singing it at the most odd and inopportune times throughout the entire week. I just love it, and um, I, I have a lot to say about it, but I, I think it goes without saying, song of the week for me, no no questions asked. So I'm going to, let, let's take a listen to it, we'll listen to a minute of it, and I'll kind of get back, and I'll kind of get into why why I chose it. Sounds good. I am going to task you with uh, choosing which minute of the song we we use because there's uh, a lot of song to choose from. A lot of minutes and a lot of song. So let's uh, let's give it a listen, and we'll well we'll be right back. just an absolute beast of a song. It's not much shorter than 10 minutes, but the second that that opening riff kicks in, this is not, this is not like 
power metal. This is doom. Doom, like this is doom metal as far as I'm concerned. It's slower and it gives me like strong Wild Heaven Wept vibes, which is that doom, but with the keyboards and the, and the layering and stuff like that. Um, the, the orchestration helps the riff that kind of permeates this track really, really pop. Um, and I love the drumming. It's very, very simple, but it's um, just perfectly suited to the rest of this song. Um, I, I don't think the vocals are like the best on any of this stuff, but I do think it fits the music rather well. Um, but I, I have to say, the, especially here, the clean vocals, again, I don't think anybody's going to mistake him for Jeff Tate, but at the end of the day, it's it, it, the, the way it fits the music is just really, really cool. And there's even portions of this song where there's like layered vocals where it almost sounds like it's in the round where you have different like, you know, people singing different portions. It's really, really cool. Um, there, there's parts of this so that are very repetitive, which is usually not something I gravitate towards. Um, but the way this song builds is just so magnificent that it almost doesn't matter for me. Uh, wow. Yeah. Beautifully said. Um, this song definitely gave me more Orton Ogan vibes than the previous song. Um, it, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit slower than sons of winter and stars, um, has more of a deliberate tempo, I would say, um, I think it's a, another really solid tune though. And uh, I think that everything you said is absolutely uh, spot on. Um, there is, there is a song that I liked a little bit more than this. And at this point you could probably figure out <laughs> which song that was. Darkness at Frost. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. The, the two and a half minute instrumental <laughs> joining this with uh, time. Uh, but um, yeah, I was kind of hoping that um, we would pick different songs, which I thought could have been hard with only three songs, you know, to choose from inevitably. But um, I was kind of expecting you to choose this, being that you put it on a playlist twice. So, well, I, I had to, and and I could have done something else, but I'll, I'll take the easy road on this. Before we get to your song of the week, talk to me about darkness and frost. What do you think about this? The second of two kind of like instrumental interludes or extended interludes on this thing. Uh, this also kind of gave me a little bit of a, a video game kind of vibe. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a chill intro kind of, you know, keys and guitar, like nothing really, uh, nothing really that like stands out majorly. I think it's just, um, kind of acts as a as, as a segue in between uh land of snow and sorrow and and time um i'm, I'm trying to think if i even yeah like uh, being that it like goes directly into time like I, there were probably times that i listened to the album and didn't even realize there were separate tracks so thus making time even a longer song if you want to consider darkness and frost like the the intro to it um but uh yeah i don't know that i have too much to say about it i think it just serves as a um kind of a segue and an intro to to this last uh another super super meaty song at just under 12 minutes i'll i i have just one or two things to say about it i'll say this number one I, I remember the first time I listened to it this week, I was waiting for the big payoff to come 
on the track itself and it never comes because it comes in the form of the final track on the album that is the payoff ironically enough um but what what was interesting to me is there's a bit of like an electronic vibe to this song especially with the keyboards and i remember when we were talking about no limits when we did the labyrinth album a couple of months ago or weeks ago whatever it was at this point I got a little bit of a No Limits vibe here, just a touch, and maybe it's because of the way that the keyboards were programmed, but I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I don't know that I like it as much as the first track, but it is a pretty cool intro, and again, it leads into this monster that ends the album called Time. Um, again, with just another iconic riff that kind of permeates this thing, and this the band must feel like this is one of if not their best song because they often close their sets with it live which i i got to see uh on 70,000 tons and it was it was it was impressive i have to say um it's it's got this like ambient black metal vibe going on which was i was kind of impressed that you used the black metal phrase earlier because that's what this track is to me and i love it uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's so much happening uh, in this song and it's all good. Like it, it's, there's, um, there's just this, uh, this, this overarching keyboard melody that, that goes through the whole song that kind of takes the song along. Um, but, um, the, the chorus is so epic. Um, all the, all the instruments are, they, they come through so crisply and so clearly and it, it's just a, the, the song like has much like um you know the the previous long songs on this album it, it, it there's definitely parts um and there and it's always interesting like i just always every time this song came on i i've i really my ears perked up and i was just like man this is just 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 good stuff like i just i really enjoyed it, it it's uh it's just weird to me that like like there's so much there was so much like hysteria about this album coming out and then it finally comes out and there's really not a lot to it like what's there is meaty but there's not a lot there yeah i i mean like this this i I think this particular track was probably the most ambitious track and it's a hell of a way to go out but it's a glorified ep and like I'm not saying I need albums to be 70 minutes anymore because I don't even know if I have the attention span for albums like that. But I do feel that like having listened to this album time and time again, no pun intended, I I, I just think that like it leaves you wanting more. So I can understand how people were like going crazy, willing to, I think they, I think that they had originally asked for 150,000 euros and by the end of their Indiegogo campaign, they raised almost 500,000 euros just so that Yari could build a studio because apparently during the recording sessions of this album, he didn't have enough space on his hard drive for all the tracks or something. I mean, like weird stuff that just in the 21st century or that, you know, you wouldn't expect to happen. Um But it, it's almost like that all this weird stuff built up this godlike status for the band because it's just it, none of it makes any bit of sense to me i mean i i i think this is a like a really solid experience but like i don't i don't get the the, the hysteria like uh, it, it's it's definitely very good but like you know there's i think there's a lot of things that are very good uh so i mean yeah. we've talked about a lot of things that are very good on this podcast um 
I, I think that it, I think it's, it's brilliant marketing in a lot of ways. It's like you leave, if you leave everybody wanting more and, and, and they come hat in hand, like, uh, or, or not hat in hand, but, uh, the op, whatever the opposite of hat in hand is, uh, I guess putting money on the plate that's going around or, yeah. or what have you. It, yeah. It, because to me, like, like you, you, you said it just earlier, like it left you wanting more and that's, that's what brilliant marketing is. Like, you know, um, I, that's why I joked earlier that time two is going to be a 14 minute album. Like, because <laughs> it, it's just amazing. It's like you, you met, you make people wait and then you just give them a little taste and of course they're going to want more, but, uh, uh, backtracking. Why don't we give, uh, time a little bit of a listen. I'm going to probably have, uh, even a harder time choosing a minute of this than you are of, of your song of the week, but, uh, I'll, I'll figure it out later. And, uh, <laughs> Here it is, though. Uh, time from time one, maybe time two will come out someday. Before we wrap up, what was it about this track that you that you preferred to the other two? I'm just curious if you can even articulate it, or was it just the total package? I, I, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Like, I'll be honest with you, I thought all three songs were excellent. I, I enjoyed all three quite a bit. Um, this one just was the slightest bit more memorable for me at the end of the day. Like, I, I, I think. I want to say that the the epic chorus really put it over the top for me, but um, I, I just really liked it. I think because maybe it was the end of it too, also made it feel a little bit more epic. Um, it, it it drags out a little bit at the end. It definitely feels like they're uh, squeezing that uh, the lemon that has no juice left uh, <laughs> at this point to just kind of go for the real uh, drawn out dramatic sort of ending, but. Um, yeah, th- this just happens to be the song that of three songs I really enjoyed. This I, I happen to enjoy this one just a a shade more than than the other two, and uh, you know, and and the two uh, the two intro you know, segue slash intro tracks were were quite good as well. I mean, for for a short album, I, I thought this was uh, really well done and 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 quite enjoyable. So, score of one to ten, what are you going to give it, and why? Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Um, and honestly, it's, it's a seven and a half just because I don't feel like it's long enough to warrant a higher score. If that makes any sense. It's really, like you said, a glorified EP in a lot of ways. Um, and I thought it was very, I thought it was very good. Um, 
I just, I, it, like you said, it, le- it left you wanting more. I, I feel like if there was another 20 minutes of comparable music on this album, I probably would have rated it above a, like an eight or above, but I'm going to let, I'm going to stick with a 7.5 here, but um, it, it was a very enjoyable experience. I'm going to give it an eight and I, I, I don't want to, give them a demerit for not having more here because the reality is even though it's short, each track is so clearly thought out or like thought provoking. And and there was so much time and effort put into each of these tracks that even though it leaves me wanting more, it's just a testament to the strength of what preceded it. And there was obviously a lot that went into it. Um, I don't know that I would give it a 10 because it does leave you wanting more, but I, I think an eight is a very fair score, although we're only a half a point apart. So it's not like we're, we're, we're that far apart on this. Um, at some point in the future, we'll probably have to do their debut album because it's a little bit more uh, straightforward in nature. The tracks are not 13 minutes a piece. It's just a different experience, and and the mature and the songwriting is, in my opinion, just not as mature as it was on this. Um, and quite frankly, we should probably do the uh, the last album as well at some point, just because uh, we'll we'll see what the progression is for this band that uh, you know it basically has been around for twenty years and released um, one album's worth of music when it's all said and done. Yeah, well, I can tell you, I really like the first song on Forest Season, so uh, maybe the rest of it is. Uh is good too for all I know but uh, and and not you know oddly enough like they released a single i guess you would call it that um recently called uh, a warning and um there's like 19 versions of it on the single or not really 19 i'm just being facetious but there's like six versions of it of um there's a a, a the original version a dynamic version or orchestral version version and then um and then all the tracks isolated. Um, I think I actually had to grab it from Bandcamp because I don't think it was on iTunes. Um, I think I listened to it maybe once or twice. It didn't really. I mean, it, it's such a strange thing that like this this band where like the, of the last two albums, the shortest song is like eight and a half minutes. That's not a segue. And then this single is two minutes and 15 seconds long. It's like, and it feels like a part of something else. Like it doesn't feel like a standalone track in my opinion, after having listened to it, I feel like they just literally chopped up a piece of other music and said, here, we'll give them a taste and call it a single. Maybe, maybe it's part of a a larger track. That's going to be on time too someday. And it's, this is just a little, uh, just a little, uh, a little taste. I mean, who knows? It's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel bad if somebody was expecting something a little bit more substantial and got this two minute and 15 second. There's not even any vocals on it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really something else. I have to be honest with you, but you know what? Like if you're, if you're a huge fan of the band, I can completely understand why you're, um, you know, you're going to gobble up anything that they put out and, and probably pay a lot of money to do it. But fortunately, this single was eminently reasonable. But uh, I think that puts a bow on it. Like that's that's Winter Sun. They are an enigmatic band to say the least. Uh, but if time two ever comes out, I will be listening because I am very curious. Just not enough to contribute to the Indiegogo, I guess. No, he got enough of everyone's money. He doesn't need any more. There you go. Um, speaking of cash grabs, a uh, lot, lot of tour news uh, coming out. Oh, I thought out. you were going to plug the Patreon. 
<laughs> I am happy to do that as well, but I, I was going to save that until the end. But um, yeah, for those that uh, for those that uh, don't know or have been living under a rock, we now are on Patreon. We would very much appreciate your support to the extent that you're able to help. Um, you know, kind of support the the, the podcast and support uh, our time and energy. We appreciate it. Uh, for those that can't. We just encourage you to tell a friend because that does uh, just just the same. And uh, we'll continue to put out albums each and every week. Um, but I was actually referring to the Dream Theater Tour, which um, I don't know if you heard this. They are starting their own like metal festival, but it's like a touring festival. And this year's uh, edition of Dream Sonic 2023, uh, their joint Dream Theater is taking out Devin Townsend and Animals as Leaders, which is kind of a cool tour. I have to be honest with you. Um we, having spoke about Devin just a couple of weeks ago, um, the tour kicks off June 16th in Cedar Park, Texas. It ends July 26th out in Phoenix, and they hit most of the major North American markets, including you know New York and, and whatnot. Um, not a show you're going to travel for, though, I'm sure. No, if it, if it was in my town, I would go just to see Devin, honest, honestly, but... Um... Yeah, I just uh, seeing James Labrie sing is just uh, I'm kind of over it. Uh, it's it's it, it's just not uh, not happening for me. Um, it, but it's a cool lineup and it's a cool concept. And and if it means that like a band like Voyager might come to the states and and be on that kind of bill in the future, like that would be really cool. Um, so we'll see, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I would rather just see Devin do a headline show <laughs> than see. I, listen, I would love to see that as well. I've got another tour that you're not going to see because this is absolutely amazing. Um, earlier this week, Sleep Token had announced a U.S. tour. It was starting September 8th in Virginia, ending October 7th in Sacramento, California. I think it was about oh, just over 20 shows that they were doing uh, on their North American tour. Tickets went on sale yesterday for every one of these shows, and I can only speak for the venue in New York City, but it appears that they're playing somewhat sizable venues. They're playing Webster Hall in New York City, which holds over 2,000 people. And even though tickets went on sale yesterday, every single show is sold out. Literally every single show is sold out. This band has blown up. And I think I even said on the podcast, I may have said this six months ago, this band is blowing up. This band has blown up. They literally, you can't get a ticket to this tour anymore. The tickets went on sale yesterday. That's crazy. I would not have expected to hear that. So yeah, uh, good, I mean, good, more good power to them. them. Yeah, yeah I, 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 this this new album is going to be something else. I'm very much looking forward to it. But uh, I will not be seeing Sleep Token on this tour. So I, I guess uh, you know, time will tell when when I get to see them, and it'll probably be at Madison Square Garden <laughs> at the rate they're at the rate yeah. they're going. Well, you said that. Uh, it's the day that you get back from Prague Power that they're playing, and that it would have been a kind of a, a, a tough call. And it looks like the the fans made the call for you. They certainly did. So uh, unfortunately, that's going to be a pass for me. But one other bit of news, which I think you might be interested in, Anubisgate, a band that has been somewhat dormant for a couple of years now, anyway, has come out or is coming out with a new album called Interference. It comes out June second, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. It's going to have uh, it's going to be another one of uh, their meaty albums. I think it clocks in at over 60-something minutes, but uh, a band that I like quite a bit. So whenever Nubis Gates puts out new material, I make a point to check it out. Yeah, I was disappointed um, 
when they were supposed to play at Prague Power, and they uh, they ended up not not making it. Um, they uh, they haven't had an album in a while, have they? Uh, I think their last album was a, a covers album, was it not? It was, and I feel like their last full length release has been a number of years now, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I God, I don't even remember like what I thought of their uh, their last uh, studio album that wasn't a uh, a covers album. But this is a band I, I quite in, quite enjoy. So um, it's cool to hear. Um, uh, is there anything available yet? Any singles or anything? Or? No, I, j- I just saw something posted on their Facebook page, but I did not see any music from the album released. I have to think that something will will surface in between now and June 2nd. But uh, I've yet to hear on tour with uh, Elegy now that they're back together. I would travel for that. I would I would <laughs> enjoy that very, very much. But um, that brings us to the end. And I believe it is your choice or your chance to pick something. So what am I listening to next week? Uh, something that I've had uh, planned for forever. And I don't know why. I, I think I just lost track and... Things came up and interviews and uh, whatever else and, and vacations where I chose easy albums. And um, this is an album that um, I wanted to give a little bit more time to. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to uh, Chris Willenbrock, who um, who gave this album to me at Prague Power last year uh, because he thought that I would like it based on some of the things that I said in our conception uh career retrospective uh which is interesting because this is a a, this is a band out of texas uh and an album that came out in 1989 called uh, nosferatu um i uh i really wanted to give this the time that uh, i think it deserves based on the fact that somebody went out of their way to give me the album um so uh i i've had this um I've had this plan for a while, and now it's uh, finally going to happen. I'm going to be home. I'm going to be able to actually listen to it. Uh, and I don't know how familiar you are with it, if at all. Um, so, But either way, I think it'll make for a good uh, conversation. I will be the first one to admit, I don't know much by this band at all. I know that James Rivera was their vocalist. I don't even know if he's still with them. I've heard intermittent tracks throughout the years but if i've heard more than five hellstar tracks i think i'd be lying so this is going to be cool for me because it's a band that it's a kind of just put off listening to um but i you're forcing the hand a bit so i love it and it's from 1989 i think they've been releasing albums for many years after that as well so it's this we're going back in the uh archives a little bit to to this album for this album but I'm looking forward to it. I know that they have like this American brand of power metal or speed metal, which is interesting, but not quite like their European counterparts. So good choice. I, I'm, I'm glad you chose this one. Yeah. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, where the parallel with conception um, comes in. I, I believe Chris had mentioned that it was more, um, more of a comparison to the uh, the first conception album, The Last Sunset. Um, okay. I, be- I believe War of Hate was the song in particular that he was comparing it to. Um, he can confirm that. I'm sure he will. But um, I just thought that was so interesting that he just heard that I liked a certain part of a certain song by a certain band 
it made him think of another band and he thought enough to buy the album and, and hand it to me at Prague power. It was, um, I was actually very moved by the gesture. And, uh, this is, uh, my way of, um, of almost a year later saying thank you to our <laughs> friend Chris for that. Well, cheers. I, I'm glad you chose it. I look forward to doing it. And, uh, if you like what you've been hearing, please give us a uh, five-star review or a like or a follow. Tell a friend about the show. That always helps as well. And obviously, there is our Patreon page, which we mentioned earlier. So anybody who is interested in that, uh, please join as well. Join us at any of our other social media sites. Join the chat in our Facebook group as well. All of it can be found on our Linktree page with in one nice, neat package so that everything is there for the listener. Uh, so with that being said, I'm going to go listen to some Hellstar. I may even put on some Winter Sun again. I'll, I'll, I'll see. Uh, enjoy the week, bud. I will talk to you soon. Yes. Um, I just did want to throw out, throw this out there as well. Uh, we posted this a couple of days ago, but um, the Patreon subscribers should uh, receive an exclusive RSS feed of the podcast. Um, and this will, uh, if you enter this RSS feed into your uh, podcast app of choice, um, I don't believe it works with all of them, but it works with the main ones. Definitely works with uh, Apple Podcasts. I tested it myself. Um, if you're um, if you're a member of the Patreon, uh, I believe uh, the five dollar a month and up, um, you will receive um, the episodes as they are completed. Um, this episode, likely you will get it in your feed, uh, Sunday morning rather than Monday morning. Um, plus any bonus episodes that you may get from the higher tiers as well will show up in that RSS feed. So if you were concerned that, um, you wouldn't be able to listen to the Patreon exclusive feed, uh, you know, using your favorite podcast app that, uh, that has been alleviated. So uh, if you have any questions about that, please reach out to us. But um, we were excited to discover that Patreon did actually provide an RSS feed to the subscribers, which is really cool. Um, and, uh, and like we've said before, there's, there's, um, you know, outtakes at the end of each episode that are not going to be included in, in the, the, the free version. And, and, you know, we will have a, uh, a, a bonus episode, uh, once a month, which we probably should discuss <laughs> what we're going to do for that uh, before the month is over. Um, but yeah, I just didn't mean to go on a rant uh, there, but I did want to point that out, that that is something that um, might be, uh, you know, something that somebody might be interested in knowing that they can access that. Well said. I have uh, nothing else to add. So uh, appreciate uh, appreciate that. Appreciate the likes and the follows. And we will catch everybody uh, next week with some Hellstar. Enjoy the week, my friend. Talk to you soon. Alrighty, take care. <laughs>